Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It Goes Without Saying podcast. It's me, Cass, your host, and today I am so excited about our guest. I am joined. She's not only my sister's old coworker, my childhood friend's cousin. She's not only my neighbor who lives just the floor above me. No, no, no. She is one of my best friends. It is Miss Olivia Freimark. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's I just- think that's the best intro like anybody has ever given me. You know, I'll just record it for you. And every time you walk into a room, just hit play. I Just like as a hype woman, I appreciate that. You know, it's what I do. Anytime I'm for hire. So just let me know. Ladies and gents, this is Liv, and Liv is here today to talk about, you know, her medical issues and trauma in life, because that's what the Goes Without Saying podcast is for, you know? So Liv, let's let's get into your backstory. Backstory, LOL. Um, my backstory is I listen to Cassidy's podcast, and she is one of my best friends, and we did connect over, like, chronic pain and trauma, but it's not something that we talk about every day. And when I listened to her, one of her episodes, I was really moved by how it made me feel and how I connected with her on a different level. And a lot of the issues and problems and experiences she was going through, I was also going through and not necessarily silently, but it was, it wasn't something that we talk about on the reg. Um, so when I brought up how the podcast made me feel, it was like a really fun and eye-opening conversation and she invited me to join. So here I am. Here you are. And I'm so glad it's taken us months for, uh, Liv to prepare for this. So we're very, it really has. Sorry. I had to, I had to get mentally ready and then like actually ready and then take my notes and do all the things because I'm an over-prepared anxious person. And that is what I do. That really describes you to a T. So there you go. I am just an anxious person, not the overprepared. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. So you have back issues is how it all began. So take us back to when the back issue started because we weren't actually friends then. So I don't actually know like origin story. Um. When you said that, I really wanted to sing, let's go back, let's go back, let's go go back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Um, Who sings that song? Hilary Duff, come clean, are you kidding? Oh, duh, this is my Hilary Duff moment. If you were on TikTok, you would have known because it's been all over the place this week. Yeah, sorry, I'm not. Um, Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Thank you, Hilary Duff. Um, I was in a car accident my freshman year of college and it was... I'm not going to like minimize it, but it wasn't like crazy bad. Like it was just like something that happened. And I was like, oh, fuck, like that kind that really like messed me up. Um, I was at a red light and I was the first one at the light. And this guy just didn't stop. He just rear ended me. Um, it wasn't like full, full speed, but like I did have um, what is the word I'm looking for? The flash. Whiplash. Thank you. Um, but more than that, it was, what was weird was my foot was on the brake because we were at a red light. So immediately the impact of the crash shifted my hips out of place and that everything is connected in your body. Didn't know that until like relatively recently sounds dumb, (laughs) but everything makes sense. Everything's connected. 
Um, so it caused me to have a lot of lower back issues. And at this point, like I didn't really have a full on herniated disc yet, but I was starting to experience a lot of pain and I was young. I was in college. I was 18 years old and nobody really, I mean, I didn't go to the hospital right away. That was a big deal, especially like for the settlement thing. So like they like didn't believe me and the pain didn't kind of start until a day or two later. Um, so it was kind of weird to like name it. That was like my first experience, but I went back to college. I was on spring break during the crash. I went back. I was experiencing like everyday stuff. Like I had to carry textbooks. I had to carry a computer. Like my backpack was really heavy and I started to just like have a lot of increased pain. So I went to the chiropractor, which didn't know wasn't a real doctor at the time. And I spent a lot of time there and I would actually like feel better in the moment. Cause obviously like they stretch you out, they do the things, but whenever I would leave, I would go back to being in pain. I think as someone who knows a lot of physical therapists, cause my brother is a physical therapist and I've been to physical therapy multiple times. I have learned now that chiropractors are good for in the moment relief and then you're screwed and you have to keep going back you have to keep yeah. going back to chiropractors physical therapists can essentially do the same thing as a chiropractor but then they teach you all the skills and tools you need so that you don't have to keep coming back they want to get rid of you at physical therapy but a lot of people end up on the chiropractor train for a while I was on the chiropractor train for a while when I was yeah first I was on the chiropractor train for a long while and it was a huge money trap um, spending a lot of my money on healthcare. And this is like my first soiree into being an adult and paying things for myself and that okay. kind of stuff. It sucks. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to the chiropractor and then I was, it wasn't really helping. So I don't know at what point I stopped, but I did. And I tried to go to the doctor but I think maybe I had to wait until I got home because I didn't have a car at school and like all these stupid th logistic things. Um, so I kind of stopped like working out and doing a lot of active things. And I was living a very sedentary life. And at this point, I also didn't know that like movement makes you feel better. Um, so I was really like at a pause in my life. And I, also in college, having fun, eating, drinking, doing whatever I want, like I gained a lot of weight. Um, so by the time I got to the doctor, they tried to blame it on me being overweight. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you need to lose weight and then you'll feel better. And that hurt. That's so, if I could find that doctor, if you would just give me their information, I would like to have a talk with them. But that's just like, my, I hate when people try to diminish people for weight and for age and all these other reasons without even running tests or doing things. It just shows the laziness of doctors, in my opinion. Yeah. So that really hurt and stung for quite a while. Um, but the funny thing is like, I was in this like, like motion of going to the chiropractor, physical therapy, like hurting, not hurting, you know, it wasn't as serious at this time. 
So I could kind of suck it up Mm -hmm. and continue my college experience as it was. And by the time I had graduated college, I like was ready to like enter the workforce and like be an adult. And I like wanted to get healthy and I ended up losing like 40 pounds. And at that point in my life, the the irony is my back hurt way more yeah. at that point. So I went to the doctor and they did an MRI and like all the stuff. And they found out that I had a herniated disc. Um, so it, I guess, just herniated even more over time. Um, so Can you the- explain what a herniated disc is for people that don't know spine and back knowledge? Yes. So I herniated my L4, L5, L5, S1 discs, which are the little like jelly things in between like your bones in your spine. Um, So they kind of like take the impact of all weight and movement and they're, they're like, they protect you essentially. Um, But my discs were shifted out of place and backwards. um, And special like cherry on top of um, herniating your lumbar discs is that they press against your sciatic nerve and your your sciatic nerve goes down both of your legs and causes burning cramping like shooting pains down your legs numbness and tingling in your feet Um, so I had those, I had constant lower back pain and I had reduced strength in my right side and lower half of my body. And wait, how Um, old were you at this time? How old was I? Um, this was 2020, 25, 20, 25. Yeah. How old was, yeah. Three years ago. Yeah. That makes sense. The math is mapping. The math is mapping. (laughs) Yeah, I was 25. Um, and the chair, the double cherry on top, let's make this like a little ice cream sundae, is that it was COVID times. So it was like right at the beginning of COVID, this started happening to me. Um, so I at that time found a doctor that I thought I liked. He was a really nice guy. He was close enough to my parents' house where I was living. Like I could get there. I trusted him. Um, he prescribed me physical therapy. Um, I started going to physical therapy. I actually liked my physical therapist at that point. I was doing pretty well. Um, and then I just continued like my life and I don't know what I was, I always like, this is a, like a flaw and it's not on me and it's, it's people like try to associate like you hurting with something that you did. Yeah. And I didn't do anything. Like I just lived my life. Yep. Um, so I guess over time it was bad, getting worse mm-hmm. and the physical therapy stopped helping. And so I would get like a cortisone shot here and there, which would like inject steroids. I think it's steroids into to like the nerves in your back. So you have less pain. Um, but the more you get those, the less effective they are. So the first couple worked and I was able to like prolong not having a surgery for maybe six months. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but then I was still hurting and my physical therapist was like, I think it's time to like, go back to your doctor and say, I don't think this is working. Like, what are our options? Yeah. I did that in May of 2021. I had a microdiscectomy. Um, and a microdiscectomy is when they it's minimally invasive. They basically like cut you open and they shave down the discs that are pressing on your nerve. So you're it's no longer pressing on your nerve. So it's no longer causing that numbness, tingling, shooting pains, all that. I love how you um, said minimally evasive. And then you said they cut you open and then they shave. Like that's not minimally evasive. <laughs> that's what, that's how they described it to me. No, no. Let's just throw that term out because that's no, that's, no. Not how that that's how they described it to me. And it actually like, just given everything else I went through after that, like was relatively easier. I don't want to say that, but like in the grand scheme of things, I've had worse. Um, so yeah, it was like a little six week recovery period. I wore a back brace, super cute. It was the hottest accessory of the summer. It really was cute. Um, and I was fine. Like I was fine as I thought I could be at the moment. Like I still had pain. I was still, I wasn't like in a, in a lot of pain. Like, let's get that clear. I wasn't, but I didn't feel like I was stable by any means I was just kind of going through the motions mm -hmm. and then so that was in May six-week recovery had a little bit of a life around Thanksgiving middle between like Thanksgiving and Christmas probably in December I herniated my discs for the second time and that was a doozy because the statistics on herniating the same discs is like 10 to 15%. And of course I was one of the lucky few that that happened to. Cause you have lucky girl syndrome. You're just lucky. I do have lucky girl syndrome. Um, so I, I was lucky enough to experience that little situation. Um, and Cassidy's laughing because I was on shrooms while this happened. Can we tell uh, them it's my favorite story. Yeah, this is, this is a time. Um, so actually scratch that. I wasn't on shrooms when this happened. This I'm happened to me. completely sober. I was trying to have a fun night. It was like the middle of COVID, like me and my best friend were just like chilling in my apartment. Like, let's have a time. Um, so we decided to do shrooms and just caveat shrooms are legal. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I decided to take them and I was a little baby cause it was my first time. So I was afraid. So I didn't take enough. And then when my best friend was like having a really fun time without me, I was like, fuck, I want to have fun too. This isn't working. So then I decided to take more and then I accidentally choked on, on them as I was, I actually didn't choke on them. I choked on the water that I was chasing with. So it's really not their fault. It was the water's fault. And this it's is like, what? I was just like, it's always water. Water is always the culprit for choking for me. And that's just like, yeah, it, it was the water's fault. I started choking on the water. I jerked up suddenly from the couch and like turned my body and ran to the sink to like spit all the water out. 
And when I got to the sink, I was done choking, but I was like bracing myself like this. <laughs> and my friend was like rolling in the corner and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm no longer choking, but I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> and I was in a severe amount of pain. I didn't know I herniated my discs. I knew something was very wrong. Mm -hmm. And I literally just like couldn't move. Like my whole body, like electric shock, paralyzed, like couldn't. I was like, I don't know what to do. It's awful. It was horrible. And of course, like when you're in the situation, you can't do anything about it in the moment. So my friend helped me to the floor because the floor is my happy place. For those of you who don't know me, I love laying on the floor. Um, that's just like, I love to sprawl out. I love to stretch. This is just a symptom Liv's, of my life. It's just Liv's happy place is the floor. You I love to lay couch. You don't need a couch if Liv's coming over. So it actually comes from, I don't feel couches are stable or supportive. Um, they're not firm enough for me and they actually like make me feel in pain. So the floor is where it's at. Yep. Um, so my friend helped me to the floor. I'm hysterically crying. I'm like, what the fuck do I do? This is so, 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 so bad. And I'm like, do I take like pain meds? Do I take Ad Advil's not going to cut it. Like I was no. like, do I call an ambulance? Do I call my mom? <laughs> like, what do I do? So I called my best friend, my other friend that is in medical school. I thought like, that's a good start. Yeah. I FaceTime him hysterically crying. And I'm like, this is a situation. What do I do? And he's like, you got to write it out. <laughs> he's like, dude, that sucks, but you got to write it out. <laughs> um, so I had to write it out and I have to say, if you're going to herniate your discs, being shrooms isn't like, it wasn't a bad time. No, I think, it could be worse. But anyways, I had to write it out. And then the next morning I called my mom and I was like, I am severely fucked up. I don't know what to do. I think you need to move in with me because you can't come pick me up. I can't get into a car. So she comes and she realizes how bad it is. And she's like, Olivia, I can't take care of you. Like, I need help. So she convinces me to get in the car, which is the worst situation of my life. Ugh. We drive back to Gaithersburg where my parents live. And I'm just having like so much anxiety. I'm just like, what do I do? I'm afraid to go to the hospital because it's key COVID. Um, my mom can't come with me. Like I was so afraid of going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, and I probably should have, because they probably would have given me surgery right then and there. Yeah. But instead I had to like wait and get a doctor's appointment. So at this time, like, luckily I work from home so I could still like work from my bed and like my job wasn't super disruptive, which I'm grateful for. Um, but 
I had to wait and like get into the doctor and then the doctor's like, sounds like you herniated your discs. Let's get you an MRI. But then it takes time to get an MRI. And then it takes time to go back and get the appointment to look at the results. And it just was not a good time for me. Um, I was, I did herniate my discs again. I was the lucky 10 to 15%. I did more physical therapy, dry needling, cortisone shots. I started taking nerve blockers because my legs and feet would go numb when my feet specifically would go numb. I think that was the scariest part of the whole thing. Yeah, It's like, you're not fully paralyzed. Like you can walk, but you are in the most severe pain when you do that. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um. So I was like, slowly and gently moving around like going to doctor's appointments but like anytime I wasn't at the doctor I was in my bed um so I was pretty much like pseudo paralyzed for like a couple months um and I was taking nerve blockers because my feet would go numb and I would get shooting pains down my legs and like it hurt so bad Um, it wasn't like necessarily even the back pain. It was the sciatic nerve pain. Yep. It's a real bitch. Just throwing that out. It's It's real horrible. It's just because it just travels and I'm being in that position for that many months too. I'm so sorry. Yeah. For like years. So I was having like a panic attack. I was like, what? I was having so much anxiety. I was like, what do we do? I can't live my life like this. I was staying with my parents in Gaithersburg at this time. Like I had an apartment in DC. I had just moved out. Like I was ready to start my life and boom, I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went back to the doctor and I was like, hey, what do we do? And when the physical therapy and like all that shit wasn't working. And he was like, well, normally- I would give people in your position a spinal fusion, but you're 26 years old or 27. I forget how old. I think it was 26. You're 26. Uh, he was like, you're 26 years old and I don't want to like fuck up the rest of your life. So like that's apparent. It was a spinal fusion was sold to me initially as like something that's like off limits. It's like so scary and so severe that we're not going to do it on you. We're only going to do it on people that are older who like don't have a life to live anymore. Like that's definitely, that's how it was sold to me. Yeah. So they were like, let's do another micro discectomy. And I was like, can you do that? And he was like, we don't like to, but we're going to do it on you. And that's when I should have gotten a second opinion, but I didn't because I, my doctor was nice. Like I, he was a nice guy. I liked him. Turned out nice isn't always the best thing for you. No, it's not. Um, yeah. And I, I learned that way after the fact. And it's not that he was like a bad guy. I just did not agree with his approach whatsoever. So yeah, I went in for another discectomy. I was really scared but like a little bit less so because it was the same thing. I knew what to expect. I was just like, I was scared in the fact, like, I hope this works. Yeah. Um, I hope this works because it, the the first one was sold as me, like minimally invasive, six weeks, you're, boom, you're done. And now I'm like, 
it's a year later. This happened. The first one was in May, 2021. My second one was in April, 2022. So it had been almost a year. I was still in the same spot, if not worse than before. And that's what my fear was about. I was like, I was like, somebody fix this because I feel like I'm going crazy. Yeah. Like, please believe me. I'm in so much pain. And believe me, it's just, yeah, that's just the line. I feel like every single person that has ever been in chronic pain has just like, please believe me. Yeah. And then here you are. So I got the discectomy and like a little fun gaslighting story was when the surgery went well, I was like, woke up, whatever later he called my mom, said it was over. And he was like, yeah, like a piece of her spine chipped off and was like floating around causing all sorts of problems. Like a piece of my spine chipped off and was floating around causing all sorts of problems. And you didn't think this surgery was a good idea. But also just like the fuck? Like how does a piece of your spine just like chip off and then just like, she just floating around in there. She's floating around. So like, usually when you have sciatica, it's down like one or two of your, it's down one or the other of your legs. I had it down both of my legs. And I think that's like part of the reason they didn't believe me was because they were like, that's not right. Like you're making this up. Um, I was like, no, no, no. Like sometimes it's in my right leg and sometimes it's in my left leg. And I can't tell you when I was literally like, I had a note in my phone. I was like tracking my pain and like all the stuff because like you want to prove the days and the times it's happening to you. Um, I was like, I'm not making this up. Like it's happening both sides. And they were like, that's odd. And it was because the little chip was floating around in there, pressing on different things. And that is why. I had pain down both my legs. I'm getting so triggered as you're like telling your story and things because it's just like like tracking things in your phone. And like, if it's not normal, like if it's not what doctors have been taught about in a textbook, like that someone else wrote down, it's like they have no idea what the fuck is going on when it's like, actually just like use your brain, use your intuition a little bit and be like, hey, let's get to the bottom of this. Instead, they let people like you just be in pain for so long because they're like, mm, nope, that's not normal. What the fuck is normal? Yeah, literally, there's nothing is normal. Nothing, nothing is normal. normal is stupid. Normal, normal is, is overrated. Stupid. Thank you. Normal is very overrated. And it just normal doesn't exist here. So let's just throw that at concept out. Yeah. Back so, to your gaslighting. So yeah, had a little gaslighting story I had to share there. And I had the discectomy. It went well. Um, Two weeks into my recovery period. I herniated the seam discs for the third time, which there's no statistics on that (laughs) because it doesn't, it's not supposed to happen. Limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. It's not supposed to happen. Like the 10 to 15% was like already a small thing. This third time I like tried to look up the research and like nothing came up because that doesn't happen. Actually crazy. Um, or maybe it does happen, but I couldn't find anything published on it. Like that was, there was like a statistic on it. Um, so 
I herniated my discs like during the recovery. So I was already like in, like, I was very fragile. My like healing wasn't done. I did, didn't do something. And I was in excruciating pain, like yet again, I, again, lying on the floor, screaming in pain, crying, all the things. Um, call the doctor, like the emergency line. He gives me some pain meds. I'm like, I can't live my life. Like you need to do something. So he prescribed me some pain meds and he's like, I think we just have to wait it out. Like I can't do anything because you're so fresh out of surgery and I'm not going to be able to see anything on your scans because of like the, um, inflammation, inflammation, scar tissue, whatever goes on in there. He was like, I can't do anything. Like you have to wait it out. And let me tell you, that was the most miserable time of my life. Um, I was having severe, severe anxiety about the situation. I was thinking like, I'm going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was having dreams where I would wake up in the middle of surgery and it would be like, they didn't know I was awake and they were operating on me, like terrifying dreams, stress dreams. And I had like major hypochondria. I still have major hypochondria <laughs> um, where I was like, everything is wrong with me. I'm like Googling things every day and making it worse. You do and still do this. <laughs> I still do this. I still do this, but like, less so sure okay Jen <laughs> um so yeah I couldn't leave my bed or walk or do anything and all this guy was telling me was wait it out and I waited out the six weeks of the recovery period and I was so miserable I was in so much pain that like it fogged up my brain that like, I could not see a future for myself. And you and I have talked about this before. I actually like that statement really hit me when you said that on one of your previous podcast episodes. And we had never spoken about that before, yep. but that is, I learned a trauma response and it's not that I like wanted to kill myself it's that I just didn't see a future. I was just like, I wasn't planning anything. It was just like, why should I keep going? <laughs> like, well, I also think at least for me, it's all, it's also just like, well, in your case, the shoe had already dropped, but like just waiting for the other shoe to drop and just like how you're saying, like, we're lucky. It's like, literally, if something can possibly go wrong, it's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong too. Yeah. Like I, like, I had a hysterectomy and then had a severe allergic reaction all over my body, which set my recovery back a while. Like that, who else does that happen to? Like you. And yeah. So like, and like who herniates their discs for a third time? Three times. You. Like, it's just, so when that has your experience, why the fuck are you planning for the future? Cause it's just like, well, something else bad's going to happen to me something now. Something bad is going to happen and it's just not worth it. Yep. Like, what is your five-year plan? Dude, I don't even know if I'm going to get through tomorrow. Um, really? so everyone was like feeling bad for me. And like, that was nice, but no one was doing anything. And thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, fuck your thoughts and prayers. 
Um, so I, at this point, got really angry. I was past the like grieving stage and onto anger. And I was like, this is bullshit. This is severe bullshit. I am not waiting around anymore. What is the point of living if my life is like this? And I decided to get a second opinion. So at this point, like, I would say a lot of people told me, like, I wouldn't say a lot, but like a couple people before this has to happen, were like, maybe you should get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like, I really like my doctor. He's a really nice guy. Like, I trust him. He actually like did a surgery on my dad that was successful. So like, there was a success story there. Um, He was a nice guy. Like, he was our family doctor. Like, literally, so many frameworks have back problems. I sent so many people to this guy. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I he was a nice guy. I trusted him, but that wasn't what was best for me at the time. So someone referred me to my new doctor and immediately he treated me like a new person. It was just a much different experience than oh, this guy has known me for what, five years now? And he's like, oh, you're fine. Like go to physical therapy. Like, yeah, it's going to, this guy was like, oh, you're a whole new person. I don't care what your chart says. I don't care what you say that you've been through. I'm going to do my own analysis on you. And I really respected that. Yeah. A fresh start is super nice because after you go through, well, I get, I see the good and the bad in it, but like Sometimes after you've had so many scans and tests, you just don't want to have to do any others. But in your situation, things change so much. Like, it's so nice to be seen as a brand new person with a fresh set of eyes too. Yeah. So I got x-rays. I got an MRI. I got a CAT scan. Never had a CAT scan before. Um, You've never had a CAT scan through all this? No. And like, that was the test that like, was he was like, yeah, do you see here? Like, that's fucked up what I I cannot even count how many MRIs CAT scans like I've had more CAT scans than MRIs for sure but I I have that's wild yeah never had one I've had like five MRIs but um never had one so I appreciated that how thorough he was yeah um and when I met him he was like to review my scans, he was like, I'm shocked that you've been living in this amount of pain and nobody wants to do anything about it. Like, that's not right. Like he immediately validated me. We love a doctor that validates, man. It's, it shouldn't be as rare as it is to find a doctor that makes you feel that way, but thank God you found this one. And I said, it's because I'm so young, nobody wants to be responsible for ruining my life, but my life is already ruined. I've basically been in bed for two years at this point. Like, what do I have to lose taking a risk? Mm -hmm. So what I loved about Dr. Rosner was he was super aggressive and matched my moderately aggressive personality. (laughs) Um, And he had a stance on how I should move forward. Like he said, you have to have a spinal fusion. There's no beating around the bush. I don't know why you had a second microdiscectomy. Like this should have already happened. And he's, but he also like at this point in time, like 
spinal fusion was off limits. Like that was the scary thing that yeah. was like behind the curtain. Um, I was like, okay, that's a serious surgery. Um, it's really scary. Like how, how, like, please explain it to me. Like I I'm down to do it because I need to do something, but like, how is this going to affect my life? And he said like with the fusion and the proper recovery, there should be no reason I should be in pain that much longer. And like, I should be able to live the rest of my life freely. And like, nobody, he didn't like promise me that because doctors can't really make promises, yes. but he did. He was very confident. And that's, I liked that about him. He was like, I have an aggressive approach. You can go to another doctor and they probably will think that I'm crazy. But I, he was an army, he was a retired army doctor. So that's why he was like, boom, boom, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and with permission, he showed me scans of another patient he had, who was my age, who was in the army. And after six weeks, that kid was jumping out of planes. Like, let's go. I obviously don't want to be jumping out of a plane. I think we could do it. I could do it now is the whole point. Exactly. But it did give me hope. I was like, okay, people my age can have a spinal fusion. This guy is a patient of this doctor who I'm putting my life, like his, my life in his hands. Mm -hmm. Um, he, I still had a lot of anxiety leading up to the surgery, but I was finding moments of like calm here and there that like, oh, I have a solution. Like, yep. I, don't, I don't know if it's going to work, but we have a plan. And that at least made me feel better. And it didn't stop me from Googling. <laughs> I found, I was at first, well, first of all, I wasn't on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but post spinal fusion, I did. Sorry, I don't understand. My Alexa does or Siri. whatever Siri just went off. Um, there are so many more people on TikTok, like doing their stories and their, and I think that's like what you're doing, and I think that's awesome because people can like find you and relate to you. But I, I was like on Instagram. And there was nothing. There was, like, there was like, there was like, there was old people. <laughs> and then I Googled and all I could find was this story of this girl who studied abroad in China and like herniated her discs and had to have an immediate spinal fusion in China. Like, and how horrible her story was. It was like her blog I found. Yes, I remember we were on a hot girl walk and you were telling me about this and you About were... how scary it was. I yeah. was like, this is the only thing I have. I think that's so... when I told you to look on TikTok because I was like, no, no, let's yeah, let's find some, let's find probably, some. Probably, probably. <laughs> that's definitely what happened. Um. So yeah, all I had was this like scary story. There's no one younger than 30 who like- publicizes having a spinal fusion wait can you explain what a spinal fusion is so people so, no. why like people don't have these when they're under 30 yeah so essentially my discs were rotten and they needed to be removed but obviously like you can't just like remove the discs in your spine like what's going to support it so they put in these fake discs that are made of like some jelly thing i don't know and 
they also removed my facet joints because they were also rotten. I had degenerative disc disease. So everything in my lower back was rotting essentially, um, slowly over time. And my facet, your facet joints like hold up the discs or the bones. I'm not, I'm not specific with the stuff. So don't quote me on this. Please note that we are communications girlies, not scientific. <laughs> yes. I majored in media for a reason. <laughs> um, so I think your facet joints like hold up either your discs or your spine or something. And mine couldn't do shit. So they just like cut those guys out of there <laughs> and they were placed. And I guess when you have fake discs, you don't need facet joints. Um, sounds good. Sounds good enough to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, they basically replace part of your spine. They remove it and replace it with some bionic shit. So I like to say that I'm a bionic woman now. You are badass bionic woman. Um, yeah, the surgery went well. It was super scary. Not going to lie. I had a ton of anxiety going into it. Um, like panicking before they wheeled me back and then they came in and they gave me um they were like here take all these pills whatever they do before surgery and one of them was a pain um pill <laughs> I just remember getting so high like immediately like this snap of a finger I was talking to my mom and I was like you, you see what I'm seeing <laughs> Wait, I don't know. I've never heard about that, but the same thing happened to me with my hysterectomy because they like the surgery before mine went long. So they gave me the pain meds way before. So I was just like, I was just like in the middle of a story and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was interesting. And then I remember being like pulled back and like, that was my scary dream of like going under anesthesia and like waking up. So like, that was really anxiety inducing. And my mom, God love her, was like, I'm sure she was scared, but she was like very positive during the whole thing. And like, it was good and bad. It was good in the fact that like you needed the positivity in your life because I'm an overtly negative person. I see the worst in things that happened to me. Um, but I was also like, why aren't you scared? Like, this, this is a big deal. Um and so she, she like much later told me, she was like, oh yeah, that was really scary. But like, I was trying not to let it show because like, if you saw me be scared, like that wouldn't be good. Yeah. Um, mamas do. Yeah. So she rocked it and, um, yeah, it went well. Um, again, same story chip floating around in there. It's just like that. Just, it doesn't make sense in my head. And it's like a piece of your bone. Cause it's not like you're like playing fucking like football where people are hitting you or like there's like aggressive force happening to you that like, oh, maybe like a little chip. No, like you, we go on walks and laying on your floor or couch. That's all that's going on. Like how are pieces of your spine just floating around? Right off. <laughs> um, because they were diseased. But I'm um, Yeah. So another chip, chip off my shoulder not being gaslit. Um, but I, so yeah, the surgery went well, but like, I thought I was in pain before this recovery was the most excruciating thing I have ever gone through. Like it was really hard. Um, 
I was in the hospital for four days. Even when I was discharged, I was like, this is excruciating. Are you sure I need to leave? Um, the car ride back from the hospital was just so horrible. Just moving. So I, because I had three surgeries, I have three incisions in my back. Um, and the first two were in the same little scar mm-hmm. opening. Is that what I'm looking for? Opening. Scar. Um, but because I had so much scar tissue in that area, they couldn't open me up like in the middle, like they would normally, they had to do it from both sides. So I now have three parallel lines of scars. Um, super cute. They're parallel, but they're not symmetrical. And it bothers the shit. Yeah, that has to bother you a lot. Oh my God. It bothers me. Like, I think that is my number one thing that bothers me in life right now, that they're not symmetrical. Hey, that is, if that's the number one thing. I think it's growth. That's the moral of the story. It's growth. Exactly. Um, But I just needed to share the fact that they're not symmetrical is ruining my life. (laughs) We're not dramatic here at all. It's ruining my life. But because I had the two sides, like I couldn't, like the first time I could like lean one way or the other to like not be in pain. Mm-hmm. But I, like, it was like the whole back. Like I, there was nowhere I could hide. There was nothing I could do. Anytime I like moved even like a hair it was just excruciating. Um, and I, what I went, I loved the aggressiveness of my doctor in like getting the surgery, but I didn't appreciate that (laughs) the week after when he's like, you should be walking a mile. And I'm like, walking a mile. Like I can't even get out of my bed without wanting to die. Like what the fuck? And it was just like, so bad. I was like, you cut out my spine and you want me to walk a mile? My favorite thing is when doctors are like, you should be able to do this. I'm like, bitch, you have the surgery. And then you tell me that, like, how do you know that that's what I should be able to do if you haven't actually experienced this yourself? No, like, actually he was right. Like, whatever. They're, they're uh, right. But still, you don't need to say it to me like that. Like, you don't actually know. Yeah. Um, But like, Whenever my mom would be like, let's get up and go for a walk. I'd be like, no, bitch, they cut out my spine. I'm not moving. (laughs) Um, So that was hard. But on top of that, just like another like added layer of things going wrong. um, A week after my surgery, my grandma died. And it wasn't not unexpected. Like she was sick for a really long time but it wasn't expected that it like happened right as I was going through something. And like selfishly, I was like even more upset about that because it's not selfish. Like I wasn't able to say goodbye to her. Oh, yeah, you weren't like, A lot of people were able to like travel and say goodbye and like do the thing and like have that type of closure. And I was stuck at home in miserable amount of pain. And then I started grieving mm-hmm. and it just felt like, bad things would continue happening to me. Like the promise of the surgery was that this was the last one. And this is the last bad thing that you're going to go through related to this. 
and boom, another bad thing happened like immediately. Yeah. And I was now in this like anxious mindset of I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. And even more so the grief that I was experiencing overpowered the trauma of me, like dealing with the three surgeries that I had. So everyone around me was like, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. And I was like, I don't feel like it. Like I actually feel worse than before. And that's like when the mental health stuff plays in, like you deal with chronic pain for a really long time. Like that's physical, but nobody thinks about the mental stuff associated with it. So everyone was like, I'm physically getting better, but mentally I was at an all time low. Um, and I I think on that note, when you have been in chronic pain for that long, you're stuck in such a cycle, like you said, of like the other shoe is going to drop. But also, like, at least in my experience, it was like, I didn't even know how to not be in pain. Yeah, I'm in the mindset of like, Oh, if I do that, I'm gonna hurt. So I'm not gonna do that. Or like, you're afraid to try the new things and do other things, because you're just like, so used to the shoe dropping that you're like, Nope, I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just gonna continue to live my brain is wired to protect yourself. Like my body was in fight or flight mode for an extremely long period of time. Um, I just was always like, something is going to hurt me. Something bad is going to happen. Um, so yeah, I needed help and I definitely didn't do anything about it. (laughs) I was too depressed to do anything about it. And I lived like that for like a few months. And there was some moments of like reprieve. I'm not saying like I was like too depressed to get in my bed every day. Like I was like working towards a goal of my recovery, but mentally I was like, when is this going to get better? Like my body's physically maybe getting better. Sure. But like, what, why is it worth it essentially? Yep. Um, and I started physical therapy and I got really lucky with my physical therapist. I loved him. I felt like we connected. Um, and I trusted him with my body first and foremost and doing physical therapy for so long. I never had that experience. Like I, I liked some of the people, like they were nice again, nice isn't always best. Yep. Um, but I didn't realize until I had a like decent provider, not only decent, but like dependable. Like I felt like I could like trust him and I felt he didn't make me feel like I was alone in the situation because like chronic pain and recovery and like mental health, all the things, they can be really lonely. Um, so he definitely made me feel very heard, which I loved and appreciated. Um, and I, once I started physical therapy, I asked if I could start doing Pilates and I was clear to do that. And to this day, I believe that Andrea Van Zyl and Vita Pilates saved my life. Shout out Vita. Um, 
What? Said shout out Vita. Vita Pilates specifically. Um, yeah. So it's a separate business. We have to give it what it's worth. <laughs> um, marketing manager. <laughs> um, but yeah. So to this day, like I, I believe like the two, like the people, the healers saved my life. Like my body was getting better enough to be able to do like normal quote unquote things, but I didn't feel good. I didn't feel confident in my body. Like, and that is like the main thing. Like if you're not confident in your body, like what's the point? Like you're not going to do anything. Your mind is still going to be like delusional and you're not going to move forward. Um, so yeah, Vita Pilates like really helped me gain confidence in my body. It helped me connect my mind to my body in a way that I had never been able to before. I was starting to understand with the help of physical therapy too, understand like what exercises were helpful to me and why, Um, like we talked about in the beginning, like they equipped me with the tools to help myself. And yeah, that was really awesome. Like those were my like small moments of reprieve. And here I am thinking I'm doing a relatively decent job and the other shoe drops again. And a few months into my recovery, I was notified that my physical therapy office was going out of network. And if I wanted to continue, each session would cost $275 out of pocket. And I was going twice a week. So not feasible, not feasible, not feasible. And like, they called me one night and I was devastated. Yeah. I really, I took this as like the biggest blow. I was like one step forward, three steps back. Why am I, why am I trying? I was so upset. This was like the biggest thing to me. And on top of this, in the same exact week, I was also notified that my rent was increasing $500. So I couldn't afford to keep living my apartment and I couldn't afford to keep going to physical therapy. And I just felt like the rug was pulled out from under me. Yeah. And like the walls that I had started to build up like the positive the hope the positivity that things were starting to get better like months after my surgery at this point um just crumbled eight months right yeah like eight months after your surgery ish yeah Yeah. probably yeah Yeah. and I Uh, from my perspective because I was around during all this I think this like physically you seemed to be from the outside looking in, because I'm not inside your body. Like, I don't know what's actually going on, but like you were doing so much better than you had, like the best I had ever seen you've been doing. And yeah. so much of that was due to the physical therapy you were receiving because they were actually good and helpful and things. And that being taken away, so traumatizing because when you have that, it's like taking the training wheels off. Like, yeah. There, that is your support and when that gets taken away it's always so scary and I remember trying to like be like but well like we're down this is look at what you've already doing though because like you were doing you knew how to do everything it yeah, was, and you helped me come to that decision um 
the ultimate decision was you can keep doing it by yourself. Yeah. It's going to be scary, but you don't need to go find another mediocre person to like keep being let down. Yeah. Like you have the tools, you can do it. Um, It was just like, you are doing it by the way. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was just like a really huge blow. And my anxiety and stress levels were through the roof. And when I am anxious and stressed, I carry those symptoms in my body. My body tightens up. I, my pain starts flaring. I, my sciatica starts going, um, because yes, that was fixed, but my nerve damage takes like two years to heal. So I still have bad pain days and I still have sciatica. Yep. Granted, not nearly as bad as it was before. And I'm grateful to that. It's manageable to an extent. But when my body is in this like tight fight or flight mode, everything is horrible. Mm -hmm. Like I was not good at carrying and dealing and processing with my stress and anxiety. Um, It just like kind of felt like a never ending loop. Yep. It's the cycle that doesn't end. Yeah. And I'm a Taurus moon, just like going to throw out some astrology there, which means like, I live, laugh, love my comfort zone. Like I'm a huge comfort zone girly. And to be pushed out of it when I wasn't ready was extremely triggering. And at this point, like when it was causing me all of this physical pain, Mm -hmm. that's when I knew that I like needed to do something about it. And unfortunately, like literally the worst, this is my, like, I hate this answer so much. Things take time. <laughs> Ew. They, they do. I fucking know, but it's the worst. It really is. So yeah, things take time. And my story involves therapy and being encouraged to get on like anti-anxiety medicine and antidepressants for the first time. And I'm sharing this because it's not a shameful thing. Like I want to be very open about it. Um, but that mixed with movement and understanding the appropriate movement has saved my life. Like I truly believe that now I'm able to like breathe better. I feel better. I feel more relaxed. I'm finally like able to kind of process my trauma including being on this podcast and like talking about things. Um, I would have never done that before. Um, progress. So like progress for sure. Um, I'm not saying like I'm healed by any means. Like I still have pain and bad days. Cassidy hears about them on the reg. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have like the luxury of being equipped with the appropriate tools to deal with everything head on. Yeah. I think also with I'm bringing it back there's multiple things I didn't want to interrupt your flow because it was very good and I knew we would get sidetracked but throughout the whole time you kept talking about like the hope situation and when you've gone through something like this and it's so hard to have hope and then when you have the hope a little bit and then it gets ripped out from underneath you with 
herniating your disc a second time, hurting you, herniating your disc a third time, then having your grandma die as like right after your spinal fusion, then having your insurance taken away from you, like all of this happening, but then like evicted. Yeah, to being like evicted. But now where you are, do you feel like hopeful? Like does it does it creep in? It does. It yeah. does. Um, I'm asking that because same, it happens to me and I get like, I kind of panic for a second. I'm like, wait, is it okay to feel this way? Yeah, that's the way that I feel. Like, is it okay to feel this way? I think it is. I think it is too. And more than that, I want to bring up, sorry, this goes back to like my anniversary, which I wanted to talk about because yes, like I think that is the like everything of like the little beats of hope that I was feeling like propelled into this moment for me. And for those who don't know, my spine anniversary is the anniversary of my spinal fusion, which um, happened about a month ago. So I am a year post-op. Um, and I celebrated. I told all of my friends and my family that I believed this day to be more important to celebrate than my birthday moving forward. So we're going to celebrate my spine anniversary every year because birthdays are cool, but like, you don't have to be born. I love presents. Don't get me wrong. But like my spine anniversary is the celebration of me choosing to continue to like live my life and yeah. like positively. Um, so it's like, the pursuit of the unknown. Like when I take a moment to reflect on maybe I can't focus on the future still, like I still have a really hard time with that. Yep. But when I take a moment to reflect how far I've come, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. And the pain, like I, I talk about this in therapy a lot. Um, this is I essentially get, therapy. So just, no, it is, it is. I get really upset when I talk about it because you're a, I, I grieve what I went through, but I'm also, you can equally, there's room for both. You can equally celebrate how far you've come and like the resilience and all of that. Like there was a time when there was multiple times when I didn't think that I would be here today. Yep. And just thinking about that makes me really emotional, but it also makes me feel proud. And so that is why I celebrate my spine anniversary and why I choose to keep going in the pursuit of the unknown, even though it's out of my comfort zone. Fuck the, com fuck the unknown. I would not fuck the comfort zone. Love my comfort zone. Um, but yeah, that's my growth. I am proud of you for many things. We're going to get so sappy and weird, which like we don't do. We don't do that. So this is like, I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> but because you have come so far, like not only physically, but mentally, like actually talking about it. Like, yeah, you talk about it, but like talking about your feelings. I hate your feelings. Yeah. It's not something. No, 
And, but it is so when going through something like this, it is traumatic, majorly traumatic. You had multiple surgeries and years and years of being misdiagnosed and not understood and just like no one believing you and helping you. And yeah, you're doing the damn thing and you're just crushing at life. You know, you are, uh, What's your, what's your new saying that you say? You used to say surviving, not thriving. But I used to say that I'm surviving, not thriving. Now I say my pain is chronic, but my ass is iconic. And you know, you're not wrong. But, I'm not. But the pain, hopefully, it's chronic in the sense that there will be bad days, but the good days outweigh the bad. Yeah. And just for like the purpose of the saying, it flows better. It does flow better for the saying. But we also haven't touched on, do you want to touch on it? what your stress caused for your body? Oh, I stress gave myself an autoimmune disease. I need to have audio like sound effects to be like, Um, yeah, I stress gave myself an autoimmune disease like this at the same time that I was ending physical therapy, being fake evicted out of my apartment, not knowing where I was going to live, not knowing anything about my life my body was in so much stress that I gave myself an autoimmune disease. And I went to the doctor. I was going to pause. You did not give yourself an autoimmune disease. Your circumstances gave you an autoimmune disease because society's just trying to bring you down. Word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So I went to the doctor. I was like, Hey, I'm having these weird symptoms. Like what the shit is going on? This is me being hypochondriac. Like I was going to the doctor all the time. I was spending all my money on doctor's appointments because I was like, this can make me feel better. Somebody listen to me. Um, So I found a really nice doctor and she was like, has your body been under extreme amount of stress lately? And I was like, funny that you say that. (laughs) And she was like, yeah, that's the trigger. And so now I have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, that is just par for the course. Par for the course. Once again, the other shoe falling, but you're taking it like a champ. I think. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I'm trying to think of a song reference to sing to you right now because I just want to, but it's not coming to me, but uh, thank you for sharing your story because I think it's helpful for you. It's helpful for me. It is helpful for me. Yeah. And it's, that's honestly why I like this podcast because it's like free therapy and we know therapy is expensive. So why not do it It's really expensive. Why not do it for free? But before you leave me, um, you have a song that you want to recommend for the podcast? I do. I have so many songs. Okay. Give us your songs. Okay. So obviously I had a chronic pain playlist. And I make playlists based on my mood. Cassidy and I are very similar in this respect. Very similar. Um, so yeah, my chronic pain playlist consists of like four or five songs on repeat, like just all the time. Yep. The first one being Shit by Bo Burnham. Shit by Bo Burnham is not a joke. That is one of my favorite songs. <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't heard it, it's a real good listen. It, it makes you feel good when you feel like shit because Bo also feels like shit and he makes a fun little song about it 
it is nice when other people just you know are deep down in it with you makes you feel like like, depression humor is the way to my heart I mean I sent you that funny meme earlier today and like it really is yeah like not to be like dark humor but dark yeah I don't know it's funny you got you ha- you have to laugh about it or you'll cry is like my life motto. Yeah, like totally. I'm just gonna laugh about it is just how I roll. Yeah, we're the same type of weird. Um, so yeah, shit by Bo Burnham. Give it a listen. You will not regret it. Um, right where you left me by Taylor Swift. Fabulous song. Fucking hits. Um, right where you left me. I'm in my bed. I never left. You're going out, living your life, doing things. I'm still here. Oh, wait, have we talked about this before? But like, I will belt my fucking heart out to like breakup songs. And I'm not thinking of a guy. I'm thinking of like my illness or like a, like um in would have, could have, should have Taylor Swift. I'm like, give me back my girlhood. It was my verse. I belt that shit out so hard, but I'm like Lyme disease. Yeah. It hits. Um, it's different. Yeah, it hits. Um, What else? What else? What else? Um, numb little bug by someone I forget, but that one was a bop for a while on repeat. Like, what you doing? You're just a numb little bug going through your life. Um, just going through the motions, not feeling a thing, not having fun. Um, <laughs> love that one in a cute, like little poppy tone. <laughs> um, and then, oh, I think my last one is when you're feeling positive. Surviving by Bastille was one of my all-time favorites. And like, that's a song. I don't know how I found it. Maybe it was on one of my like daily mixes that Spotify recommended to me. Um, But that was not a popular song that I discovered. And I like, just felt like it like spoke to me. I was like, dude, you're doing the damn thing. Like you're waking up, going out here every day and you're surviving. And Funny enough, like I now hear that song in like different moments of my life. Like the other day I told you I was playing in the lobby. Yeah. And I had to like come back from a workout and I was like feeling really good. And it was like, whoa. Like, so I now like that's like one of my like go-to like hits deep songs. I love so that. Those are my recs. These are I great recs. Anything. I love that. Well, I'm gonna make I've been saying this, but I'm actually making a playlist of all the song recommendations. I can't recommendations. You heard that accent slip. The, the recommendations that people have given. So I'll put these um at the top of the list. And just thanks so much for being you and like being my uh I have an emotional support matcha and emotional support water bottle, but you're just like a chronic illness emotional support person. <laughs> Your codependent girly. Yeah, my codependent. Do you want to come downstairs and watch an episode of Dawson's Creek? Which one? I don't know. Probably the same one we watch every time when we get together. All right, let me end this. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, you can follow us um at IGWS Podcast on TikTok and Instagram. And yeah, I'm gonna make Liv make some fun TikToks with me when she'll hate me for it. But you know what? That's what friends do. And screenshot this recording and like you can spread that around but I will not be making any TikToks we'll see about that thanks for listening bye love you bye